If you ever have the need to talk to someone and you're in the grocery store and my wife's in line, just get behind her and um, she will talk to you and she will introduce herself to you and she will find out who you are and that's how we met Kelsey. <laughs> in the grocery store, in line, and Kay and she started talking and they had something in common. They were both Christian and they loved to sing. So this morning Kelsey's going to come and sing for us and she's going to sing Rescue. Night, it's true. I will. 
Kelsey, thank you. I couldn't help but think there's probably people here thinking, she sang that just for me. I bet there are. Perfect. There is a legend that once upon a time, God sent two angels to earth to collect prayers of his people. One was sent for the petitions, the request. And the other one was sent for the praises. You see where this one's going? The one sent for the petitions for the needs had to make countless trips back and forth from earth to heaven with all the requests. And the one sent for the praises, well, had to search far and wide for a handful. We can be that way if we're not careful, can't we? We can. Look at Luke 17, beginning of verse 11. Another day in the life of Jesus. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him, keeping their distance but they called out saying, Master, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go so, show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan implied the other nine were Jewish. Jesus asked, were not ten made clean, but the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except for this foreigner? How grateful the other nine appeared to Jesus, how, and how ungrateful we must appear at times to God. I'm talking to myself now today. I'm preaching at me. Maybe you can relate. We can sometimes be long on request and short on praise. Praise is a commonly used word. It really simply means to say or write or express something good about others or commend something good in others. If I wanted to praise Kelsey, I would say, now that Kelsey can sing, can't she? That's praise. In the corporate world, trainers and Teach managers to praise more and criticize less. Praise in public, criticize in private. Some use a sandwich principle, which teaches people to cover any criticism by saying something nice before the criticism and after the criticism. And of course, all of us who are married know the significance of praise in marriage. It's one of the unbreakable commandments in marriage. Thou shalt praise your spouse no matter what. Jeannie taught me that. Praise and worship is a big phrase used in churches. Praise and worship. But there's a big problem with me and praise. I grew up Baptist. Southern Baptist. And because of that, I don't speak in tongues. So I don't praise God that way. I rarely lift my hands. I don't shout unless I'm at a sporting event. Or I've shut my door and my hand in a car door and then I shout. I can't dance. 
I'm rhythmically challenged. And at my advanced age, hopping over a pew is not advisable any longer. So what's a good Baptist to do? Well, we go to the Word. And we see what God says about praise. And we're going to do that today. Before we do that, let's pray. Lord, no matter who we are and how we are, we should praise you. And we're all going to do it in different ways. But let us do it. Let us be grateful and not appear like the nine that we already have seen. Father, there is so much to praise you for. Today, I will begin by a beautiful day. Those that have come together today, praise you for each one. Praise you, Father, that we have the health to be in this place. Praise you, Father, that we have the desire to be in this place when there are so many in our society whose antennas are not up and don't really care. But here we are. And so, Father, help us in praising you always, in Jesus' name, amen. So if you were going to start looking about praise, and you thought from Genesis through Revelation, you'd likely go right towards the middle of the Psalms, wouldn't you? That's a good place to go. The word praise is mentioned over 175 times in the book of Psalms, depending on what translation you use. I want to begin at Psalms 22, verse 3, and it simply says this. You are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. I think it's safe to say we can translate Israel now to your people. So if I said that, you are holy, enthroned on the praises of your people, I don't think I'm doing anything that's not fair to the biblical text there. It's an interesting word. You see the word enthroned? You don't see that very often. It's a Hebrew word, yeshab, and it means this. It means to sit down, to settle, to dwell, to tarry, even to marry. It is, it is a settling down. And what it means if you really want to get God's attention, praise him and he'll stop. Think about it. If I go, Kelsey, I'm not going to pick on you anymore. There you are right there on that blue coat, the target right there. I have a lot to praise Bill about. Bill, thank you for all that you do and, and being so flexible and leading us in music and what you've always done in my life and for your family and for your wife who finds people at Kroger and, and I, could, I could talk to Bill about all sorts of things and I think Bill might stay around if I do that but if every Sunday Bill walks in and I say you know I, I, I'm not crazy about the coat and the tie <laughs> or if I look at my watch and I say you're a minute late I, I, you need to do better or if I say you know Bill don't cheer for whatever team you don't care do you you don't cheer for any and Bill, I don't like shorter, anybody that went there. If I did that every week, do you think Bill would want to see me when he came in these doors? Or do you think he'd stop coming in these doors? There's the principle. If we praise God, it says he's enthroned on the praises. He dwells there, he stops there, he tarries there, he even marries there. 
And would you think that God wants to hear our complaints all the time? So if you want to get God's attention, praise him. And knowing that that's a principle that works from his word, how often should we do that? How often do you want God around? I would think it should be always. Psalms 113 verse 3 gives us a logical answer to the question, how often should we do that? There you have it. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. You know what's really interesting? It's for both of our benefits. It's for God's benefit because we're praising him all the time. And it's for our benefit as well because when we do it, he stops and he visits and he tarries and he lingers. If we want God to be close and we hopefully do, we are going to praise him. I remember years ago in Indiana, we had friends, a husband and wife, that had a, a tragic situation occur in their family. And I remember after the incident, I remember about them, I thought, it's going to turn them one way or the other. That they're either going to stop coming to church or they're going to increase their attendance. Until the mess occurred, they were fairly uh, moderately active in church. And after the mess, what happened to them is they started becoming thankful for everything that they had. And they started praising God for what was going on in life, what was left. And guess what? God got close and they bloomed where they were planted through the toughest of situations. They could have gone the other way but they practice a praise principle, if you will. You've seen it. You've heard it. You've maybe experienced it. You've seen people mad at God and not praising him and they disappear. Or you see people trying and praising and getting closer. And most of the Psalms, the, the Hebrew word for prayers is telal. It means this. It means to shine, to make a show, to boast, to rave to celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. That's what it means. In a nutshell, praising means to make a fuss over. You make a fuss over. In my mind, you know what I have a picture of? Grandparents with grandchildren. They're the most obnoxious people on the planet. You want to see the pictures? No, I don't want to see the picture. Well, you're going to see them anyway. And I'm one of them. There are many psalms that we could look at, but for the next few minutes we're going to look at Psalm 150. Let me read it and then we'll break it down. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise him for his unequaled greatness. Praise him with the blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that breathes and sing praises to the Lord praise the Lord. It's a great lesson on praising God. It gives us some hints there about what we are to do. 
Verse 1, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heaven. What's it mean in a sanctuary? Is this building a sanctuary? Where is God's sanctuary? Isn't it among his people? Isn't that us? Wherever we are, not just in the building. If it was just in the building, you'd only have to praise God about an hour a week. He wants more than that. It's everywhere. Then we're called to praise God everywhere. The next verse in Psalms 150 answers the question, what should we praise him for? 150 verse 2, praise him for his mighty works, praise him for his unequaled greatness. This verse really asks us to praise God for what he does and for who he is. And that could take a while, couldn't it? For what he has done for you, and how he loves you, and has grace for you, and forgiveness for you, and a plan for you. That could take a while. Verse 2. Verses 3, 4, and 5 say this. Praise him with a blast of a ram's horn, with a lyre and harp. Praise him with a tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. One of the easiest ways to praise God is with music, and we do that. I love music. I do. And I love singing in church sometimes it's funny when we know a song and we like it oh we sing and it's good and it's wonderful and if it's a new one or we don't like it it's like why are they singing that i don't know this one don't you know it revolves around me everybody should sing what i know <laughs> we should remember that we sing not just to sing. We sing to praise God. That's what we're doing. And sometimes we probably forget that. But this morning, when our five praise team friends were here gathered up, I think they had God's attention. And as you sang along with him, I think you did too. And I think he loves it. You know, one of the worst songs to sing at church is also one of the best songs to sing at church. Uh, you'll understand when I tell you which one it is. The doxology. Remember the doxology? You know why we quit the doxology? Because we sang it like we lost our best friend. It can be horrible. It should be sung as if our team just won. It should be sung as if we just won the lottery. It should be sung as if our children are off the payroll. It's a good day. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's it. And sometimes we do a pretty good job of it. But usually we don't because we forget what we're doing. We forget we're singing it to God. And we forget that we have so much to praise him about. 
the hymn was written in the late 1600s by Thomas Ken, and it was written as a morning prayer. The song that we sometimes sing is the 14th verse of the prayer, the 14th stanza of his prayer. Back to Psalms 150. The last verse answers the question, who should praise God? Verse 6 of Psalms 150. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you're breathing, you qualify. And you should be doing this until it stop, you stop breathing. And then you're going to be praising him somewhere else, so praise him. Praise is our gift to God. God loves it. Earlier we saw that God is enthroned on the praises of his people. And do we benefit? Absolutely, because he stops and tarries with us. Next week we're going to continue this, and we're going to see that we're to praise God always, even in the toughest of times, and when we do that, we're going to see how that helps. Here's your homework. Praise God this week. For every request you give him, and we should request, and we're going to request, and we have a prayer list, and we're going to keep it up. But for every request you give him, give him two praises. How's that? Doesn't he deserve that? It is so very funny. Sometimes in church we say, what are you thankful for? What do you want to praise God about? And it's like, don't look at me. Don't make me, don't make me say anything. I think sometimes because we're not prepared. Prepare your hearts and make sure it is there for praise. First thing I saw this morning made me praise God when I got here. I'm in the parking lot about to come in. We had deacons meeting at 8 o'clock. And my friend Hal Bennett drives up in his truck. Now Hal comes from Lake Lanier just about. And Hal has spent a lot of this year in the hospital. And it's the first time I'd seen Hal driving. And I just stopped to say, thank you, God, that Hal is here. And that he's better. And that you sent Molly to take care of him. And that you gave him Carolyn for a long time. And that he and Nick are the members of the same hunting club. And, well, it just gets contagious. There's a lot you can praise God for. If your team won yesterday or if they lost yesterday. It's way above that, isn't it? Praise God. Let's pray together. Lord, when you tell us, let everything that breathes sing praise to the Lord. Well, that's us. Forgive us if we have failed at times. But thank you for that today is a new day and let us be people of praise. When we leave this place to eat and we say our blessings, let that blessing be filled with thanksgiving and praise for who you are and what you have done. Father, help us to take nothing for granted, none of the gifts that you have given to us. God, thank you. 
thank you for who you are, for being our God, for sending this group together on this day, and for what you're doing in our lives. Help us to look for things to boast about towards you this week and always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you this week in your praising.